0: Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowen, and Pastor Adam Osher continue their discussion on the small called articles, looking at a New Testament passage and its application. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal and inerrant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and faithful service to his kingdom since 1964. To learn more or apply, look at flbc.edu.
1: Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bowe, joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Adam Osher. All right. Welcome back, guys. We are in our New Testament episode for Small Called Articles... 2.3. There you go. Good. On... Clo- yeah. Cloisters. Cloisters, monasteries. Cloisters. Cloister. <laughs>
2: Oh, I keep. Uh, I think it's funny that we're calling them cloisters because really it is just monasteries. Monasteries. And yeah. we've called them cloisters this entire the arc of title. episodes. Chapters
3: and cloisters yes. is the title of the article. Monkeries it, and nunneries. It, like
2: it is. It yeah. is. Monkeries.
1: All right. That's good. Brett. All right. We are in 2 Timothy 2 today. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 2. And we'll launch into our discussion here. It is, yeah, this is 2 Timothy 2 again. It says, You then, my child, Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Here ends the reading of God's word. Amen. Amen. Rounding
3: back to the original theme of the proper place for Christian education and what that Mm -hmm. looks like.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we've talked a lot about vocation. Sick of vocation. In the last weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's getting old. It's, it's so ordinary oh, and so mundane. And, we got to move yeah. on to something more exciting, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind of, you get that, right? You caught yeah. my joke, Which Jason. is
3: how we got to this article in the first place. Yeah.
2: What, what? You're confusing me, Jason.
1: This passage?
3: No, the whole withdrawing from your vocation. Denying oh. your vocation. Oh,
2: yeah. yes. Okay. Yes, so, all right. So here we are. The vocation
1: of podcaster?
2: There is, yeah, it is we are loving we are loving our listeners by <laughs> producing mediocre content Aww. we are loving them well, we loving them well. we love you, we love you if you're listening, uh, yeah, so Christian education is the other side of this, like yeah. basically Luther says. Uh, monasteries are great for a purpose and for a time, for a season, for training, for sending people back out into various vocations. Right.
3: Turn,
2: turn, turn. <laughs> there is a season. Yes. Yeah. Wow. W- was it the
1: Apostle Paul after his uh, salvation story that he went away for a, a season? Uh, Arabia. Uh, Arabia, right? Arabia. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and.
3: Arabia Bible College. <laughs> yeah. Central Indiana.
2: (laughs) That's right. That's right. Uh, Yeah. So Paul, Paul is an example of that. Uh, So he himself is, is, um, you know, testifying to something that, that he's, I think it's interesting that when Paul talks about it though, didn't he talk about, is it Galatians where he talks about how he went and didn't, you know, he Mm -hmm. received kind of direct teaching Maybe from, from Jesus, uh, from Jesus, you know, that's, that's kind of a, He's a good teacher. That's a great, Arabia Bible college has a good teacher, good faculty there. Uh, but in this particular situation, yeah. you have him talking to Timothy who is saying um, what you've heard from me. I you know so basically Paul then becomes the teacher, uh, Timothy becomes the student. You know Paul is expressing Christian love in his vocation of teacher as t- and Timothy is receiving that the gift uh, of God through Paul, and he's saying go and do that. You know it's the whole idea of making you know disciples who make no. disciples and you know, it's a, that we use that phrase kind of cliche, but it, it's exactly what he's saying here. There is a time and a place for Christian education, and, and there is a time. Uh, and this this is a side note and I think we'll get into this more, but there's a time to be specific with our teaching. There's a time to be uh, careful and nuanced and take the time to really dig in. I think one of the, the things with Christian education or, or Christian um uh, growth or biblical knowledge growth in the united states i think we we are very we oversimplify it we like it to be uh, extremely simple we want we want theology that's simplified and, and and boiled down to one verse that i can easily memorize and, and therefore i can it can but no he's saying the scriptures what you've heard from me what you've what you've seen in in the my presence you you need to entrust these things that i've been teaching you to faithful men and that takes time that takes effort and there's a place and the time to learn uh, the, the Word of God and to uh, learn how it, not just the, the theology behind it, but how it applies to to life. Yeah, and
1: then to take that, to have that time of learning be preparing to be, go out into your vocations uh, in, in that. Yeah, uh, there,
3: there are really two parts to this that Paul lays out in front of us. The first is the Great Commission aspect to what he's doing. hmm uh, you know, the Great Commission, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them or, to, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, right? That's the the Great Commission from Matthew 28, uh, and it is the literal plan for disciple-making. Now, the problem is in the generic American church, what we've done for decades now is we have taken the command of the Great Commission to be go, hmm. and that is not the command. That is not mm. the primary no, verb. make disciples. It's make disciples. Make it's disciples. Make disciples. So that's right. Uh, and the, the, uh, grammatically speaking, the other action words in the Great Commission are all participles. They're all secondary to the main baptizing verb.
1: Baptizing and teaching.
3: Baptizing, yeah. teaching, and, and, going. and going. So yeah. like a, a functional, not a literal translation, but a functional translation of the Great Commission can be as you are going, make disciples, and you do this by baptizing and teaching. But teaching is an integral part of the disciple-making process, which is
1: exactly what Paul is doing with Timothy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And Jason, I want to ask you this. You know, I, I know you love the idea of catechesis here. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any catechetical comments? Yeah, that's this?
3: the second part I was going to get to on oh, this. So it's a good sorry, segue. Right. No, perfect segue. <laughs> uh, the the other thing... the. You know, we we get the multiplication aspect, which is what, you know, Adam so conveniently cliched for us, make disciples who make disciples. And Mm -hmm. it's really cool and important that four generations of believers are at view here, Paul, Timothy, others, and others, Mm -hmm. right? So so you've got four generations, and people fall all over themselves, and they fawn over this idea. What they miss in the catechetical instruction Timothy has received is what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, and uh, that what Paul trained Timothy in was the common teaching of the church, hmm. that it wasn't special, it wasn't elitist, it, it
1: wasn't... Maybe necessarily one-on-one. Yeah, it yeah. could have been one-on-one, but... Uh, but In the even, context of uh, many witnesses. In,
3: but in the context of many witnesses, what Paul had been teaching Timothy is what Paul had been preaching all along. It wasn't something special. It wasn't something unique. It wasn't something magic. And you, you, you get that. We've missed that in the church with how many unique programs you have to take to be qualified to do a thing. Uh, For the church, like if you want to be an evangelist, you got to do this guy's curriculum and this guy's curriculum, this guy's curriculum, and now you're set.
1: You know, for as many times as you've mentioned that, it gave me an idea to like prank call your church one day. Oh, my word. (laughs) be like... Yeah, I have this program for you. Yeah.
2: So I, That whole idea of prank calling Jason at church <laughs> is...
3: I would be the best Crank Yankers guest <laughs> ever. I would just melt down on the floor. Uh, oh. feet but I mean, I get calls like that all the time. I we know, have that's, the that's secret to unlocking know. your church's ministry. It's like... Uh, <laughs> One call, I, I, I might have shared this on the air before, but it's been several years since I've shared this story. Early on in my ministry, I'm pastor of a very small church, right? Even now, we average 50 on a Sunday, so a very small church. Uh, and I got a call, and this was before the caller ID was working. I was expecting a call from someone else, so I picked it up, and it's a youth ministry. <laughs> like, oh, we'd like to speak to your youth director. Uh, we don't have a youth director, oh, that makes me sad. (laughs) That's what they said. I was like, why? (laughs) Well, it means you don't have a youth ministry. I'm like, oh, our youth are being ministered fairly adequately right now. (laughs) And I I wanted to light into this guy, but it's that sort of thing is you need something special to take your ministry to the next level. Mm -hmm. And what you need is this good, sound biblical training. What you receive here at the Bible College is not necessarily something special uh, as if it's in addition to the normal education, it's just you get really good biblical education here. Yeah. In the seminary, you get really good biblical training on how to be a pastor. Right. That's what Paul is doing for Timothy, and he's doing it in such a way that Paul can take what he's been trained, or Timothy can take what he's been trained in by Paul, and then transfer that to other people to train well enough so that they can train others.
2: Right, and it's it's interesting In in the... We talked last week about the the nature of um, prescriptive versus descriptive and taking things in context and that sort of thing. And in this particular situation, it would sound like, like Paul is talking to Timothy about uh, pastoral ministry training. And it could be that that's certainly an application. The text doesn't demand that I don't think. Uh, but I think the article in the, in the small called articles uh, what, what do we call it? 2.3 or whatever we've been yep. calling it. Right. Um, on monasteries. Luther talks about that. He says these times, these things, these these monasteries, which were you know very much spiritual in nature, which by the way is also true of universities in, uh, in in the United States and historically in Europe as well, is that universities were established as Christian entities, right? And, and he said these these are good. It's for education of learned people and decent women, uh, they and they should be. I <laughs> just had to throw it. In I had to throw know. it in there. That's what he says, <laughs> right? Should be turned to such use, right? Should be returned. To such use that we may have, and then he he lists pastors, preachers, and other servants of the church, as well as other people necessary for earthly government and cities and states, and well-trained young women to head households and manage them. He's like, you know, so biblical training isn't necessarily only for those who are going out to be called to the specific office of pastor. It, It is integral for. All aspects of life, you know, so, so that's what I say. And this is a pitch for our college, right? We, we exist as a college to, um, this is a, you know, I, yes, I am taking free, not, not just the intro and, and whatever, but I'm going to, I'm going to use this time for a second. We do train people in the word of God for that very purpose. And about 5% ish of our, uh, student body goes on to become, uh, in f- go, goes on to full-time, um, pastoral ministry or uh, church ministry, but 95% don't, but the word of God is active and it's, it's powerful and it's useful for that ministry and and so if, if you know anybody who who would would have a, a couple of years to to dedicate to that kind of training, uh, I'd love for you to check us out at FLbc.edu and uh, I, I think that the 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 mission uh, of this uh, what we what Luther talks about, the purpose of the monastery originally, we're not a monastery, but the purpose is very similar to what we're trying to do here. and uh, God cares about training that way. And catechesis, Jason. Well, uh, what I was wondering that entire time that you were uh, <laughs> advertising,
3: not paying the bills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how many women's ministries out there do you think are called decent women?
2: not really, a rally. So for the record, nobody could see this, but as I was talking, Jason had this look on his face, and he was hiding behind his pop filter. And like, (laughs) I I thought like he was like trying to play peekaboo with me while I'm talking, but he he wasn't looking at me. He was thinking about decent women. Decent women. You know, you got all these things like uh, you're gonna be a Proverbs 31
3: women, or you're gonna be a Deborah, or you're gonna be a Hannah, or Or a decent woman. But (laughs) decent women ministries. I I want someone to.
2: <laughs> it's like deaconesses all, all you yeah.
1: lutheran women out there
2: all you, mm. for all the lutheran ladies for all the decent women <laughs>
1: oh. Oh, we're gonna get in trouble for this one
2: uh, yeah. we're, we're way, but we're sorry honey
3: it, we didn't you, mean it.
2: You know, if we're really going to
3: recapture this by complaining about generic American Christians, this is exactly <laughs> where this goes. Think about We haven't whipped him in a while. Yeah. Okay, here we are. <laughs> Think about the state of women's ministry in the country today. Hmm. Right? We're we're giving them cotton candy fluff and we want hmm. them to make them feel good about themselves. And Luther goes back to the purpose of convents and monasteries and cloisters and everything. He's like, "No, we want to we want to educate decent women, and and mother, <laughs> yeah. you know, well, women run, well trained yeah. women to run yeah. households and things like that. It's, th- there's a purpose to Christian education hmm. beyond self actualization and warm fuzzies. Yeah. And Luther knows that. And, and he sees the danger in institutions
2: becoming something other than that. He lived it with Katie, didn't he? Yeah. He, he saw exactly what what the benefit was, you know, even though I think both of them joined their respective cloisters uh, for different reasons and probably not healthy or good or righteous ones, you know, during, through through the process of conversion to the gospel, he, she was trained and she went in the home and, and Luther very much valued what uh, the biblical training and understanding understanding that, you know, that Katie had and, and how that translated into taking care of their children as well.
3: Yeah. And the, really the answer to all this is if you are a single lady trapped in a gospel women's ministry, you need to be smuggled out of that place in a beer barrel and then <laughs> yes. marry the first monk you see. Yes, that's, all oh, well, that's ladies, the prescriptive. Bro, all the single ladies. The prescriptive, d- descriptive thing we were talking oh, about. Yes. Yeah.
2: yeah. No, but he saw the value and he saw it in his own family. I mean, this was something he lived. That was my point, Jason. Yeah, I know. Not with all the the beers and cloisters and beer bottles and what were what decent did you say? Women barrels. There we are. Beer barrels. That's the Katie... decent women in beer barrels. The... That should be the women's ministry at your <laughs> church at Faith. I'll come. The, the, I'll come and I'll I'll just watch what happens. <laughs> the women of Katie Van Bora's Ooh.
3: convent were smuggled out yes. in beer oh, barrels. I know. Yeah, yeah no, so just
2: decent women in beer barrels would be a great. Yeah but
3: If we If we title Our episode that a Women t-shirt be, Copyright yeah. Patent
2: yeah. pending Patent pending Patent pending <laughs> <Nice>.
3: <laughs> yeah. you, you cornered that market that. Oh, yeah. We got We got new swag Coming up on the Non-existent
2: Being Lutheran score <laughs> Oh, I have a feeling that some some people some people take things I say and they make stickers out of it. And I'm hoping I'm hoping this one makes a sticker. I'm Hoping they're profitable. <laughs> Decent women in beer barrels. <laughs> okay, bring us back. I back was going to say, brink, is Brett.
1: this a time where I? Okay, so <laughs> uh, I love this, um, but yeah, thinking of I, I'm I'm drawn to the word entrust Yeah. Here, um, what what's involved, or what? How can we unpack this word entrust? trust? Um, is there anything from the original language there that, um, that we can glean? And Maybe I'm thinking of like the how, you know, the interesting.
3: So, yeah, so we just want to pick on some language and really rip some Greek words out of context. This comes from uh, the Greek word parathou. Uh, the,
2: which comes from uh, paratithemi. paratithemi.
3: Yeah, paratithemi, uh, which means just to set before. And, and really, it, it makes for an interesting, tangible lesson on teaching, right? Mm-hmm. That uh, one of the things that the, the American church misses that you know, we want to recover, especially the confessional nature of who we are and what we do and why we do it, is that there's a content to our faith. And entrusting is transferring that content to someone else for safekeeping. That's the picture here. And so that it's not just like word of mouth and and it's not merely uh, an oral teaching. It's a prized possession. And that's what entrust is. And so that Paul is entrusting Timothy with the contents of the faith. And he is asking Timothy to be responsible and transfer that to others who can transfer
1: that to others still.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So there's a... Like we mentioned before, the generational aspect to it of yep. uh, from one generation to another. Not necessarily like age generation here, but as you mentioned, the four groups of people and and also the witnesses there? Well, yeah, and this is not
3: denying the generational model at all. This very well could be a great-grandfather transferring it to a grandfather who transfers it to a father who transfers it to a son, mm-hmm. right? That This this works in families, especially from the perspective of catechesis, just as much as it works in communities. And, and it's a both-and perspective. God has transferred the church throughout the generations uh, in families, and God has transferred the churches around the
1: world by
3: interpersonal communication of the faith yeah. from one person to another
1: through congregations through groups within congregations there's there's probably a number of different settings where that could take place
3: yeah and the men that are in view here you know you have heard from in the and trust the faithful men who will teach others yeah. also uh this is an idea that i mean they're just normal guys right it's you know this isn't uh, necessarily, you brought up at the beginning of the episode, Adam, this is not necessarily seminary students, uh, although mm-hmm. it could be seminary students, sure. right? This is uh, uh, in a congregational setting. This is also in an interpersonal setting where uh, one person is sharing the faith with another person uh, mm-hmm. just in
2: as life happens. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you talk about focusing on the word entrust to faithful men. Um, Paul says, the things you have heard from me. And I think that there's a connection there in in Paul's proclamation, he's proclaiming the word, that the word is the functional aspect of the teaching here. It's the thing that goes out in, in Paul's, you know, as Paul proclaims the word of God in the presence of many witnesses, it's that same thing that Timothy is supposed to proclaim. It's a, it's a, you know, a declaration. It's the the word of God being proclaimed is the thing. And and that goes back to what the catechism is. It's not, the catechism isn't some uh, Lutheran specific idea uh, at all. You know, the, the Lutheran, you know, Luther ha- has his catechism. There's of course other catechisms, but the idea of the catechism is that we call back or echo, right? The, mm-hmm. what, what the scriptures actually say. It's not that the catechism is something new, but it's the, the idea that it's pointing back to something to, to sound teaching from the Word of God and catecho, the Greek word that we get catechism is used multiple times in the New
3: Testament. But really, it's communicating uh, concepts like Romans ten seventeen, faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God, uh, and you have uh, Ephesians two. That everything we do in the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Mm -hmm. And so, again, it rounds back to what Paul has been teaching Timothy is a specific content, and that's the content from Scripture. And that's what Timothy needs to teach to the faithful men.
1: Mm -hmm. So, curriculum, huh?
3: Curriculum... Yes, yes, in in the sense <laughs> that Scripture is the curriculum, and uh, Scripture, as summarized in Confessions, is the curriculum. Right again, yeah.
1: what you have heard from me. Yeah,
3: yeah. exactly, and it's. Uh, the, the, I think it's just always a value to highlight the passages in the New Testament where the faith is highlighted. You know, contend for the faith. That's Jude right away at the beginning of the book of Jude. Uh, and it comes up other places, um, or even in Deuteronomy.
1: A different uh, gospel, kind of like the way Paul talks yeah,
3: about. In Galatians uh, 1, yep, right? right? If uh, you know, if someone teaches you a gospel other than the one you've received from us, let him be anathema.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So that, that, yes, it's a curriculum, but it's not a program. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah, that's why I always, I, I default to the term content. Curriculum's good if it's clarified in such a way.
1: Okay.
2: Hmm. If it's clarified in such a way, I like that. Yeah, good. Well, what do I, we have to what do we have to wrap this up?
1: I was going to say any any closing comments. And we're, we're coming to the end of talking about. Uh, this uh, article from the Small Call Articles, Monasteries, uh, Cloister, any any closing comments on that and uh, the last four episodes here as we wrap up here? Yeah, I mean,
3: just a reminder of the tension here, that there is a good place for Christian education and Christian communities training and educating believers to send out into the world, but we don't want any of our Christian institutions, whether it's the church, whether it's our schools, uh, whether it's our seminaries, we don't want them to be uh, producing elitists, and we don't want them to be country clubs. We place ourselves in the same archaic place that the cloisters and monasteries ended up at Luther's day, and we, we just cannot permit ourselves to roll our eyes at the uh, Roman Catholic Church of the Reformation, because this has repeated itself ad nauseum over the course of the last 500 years.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think, too, um, we shouldn't uh, roll our eyes at any intellectual pursuits in terms of, uh, I think that happens in the church where we maybe go to the other extreme yep. of, of saying they should, there should never be any uh, intellectual
2: Theology divides.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah.
2: Theology just, it's, you know, that kind of study that end up looking at the word and what the words mean and all that stuff. That's just dividing people, right? We hear that. And that's, it's not acceptable. You know, that's not at all what, um, you know, Paul tells Timothy as well. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Watch your theology, watch it closely, because it matters. Yep. What you believe to be true, how you teach it, conveys realities about God. And sometimes those uh, those things are, when done poorly, they are uh, they reality. You know, they are they are. True. No, I shouldn't say realities are truths because they're neither. Uh, they are so spiritual male practice. They are details about God yeah. that are untrue, yeah. and we we don't want that to be the case either. And that's exactly what what Luther says when he when he calls this blasphemy. He says these monasteries when they're focusing on the wrong thing and they're they're they've denied. We never really talk so much about that, but he talks about how they deny the first article, which is justification by grace through faith. It's this idea when we when we are not careful, everything devolves into us working for God and not. God working for us, nope. and and we need to be very careful with our theology so that that doesn't happen. Yeah.
3: And well and said. we would point out that uh, snobbishness against theology as academic exercise or whatever is, is just a as, theology. Well, is a yeah. theology, <laughs> yes, yeah. and it is just as much of an elitist country club as academic elitism.
2: Mm-hmm. You
3: know, taking pride in not being academic uh, is still pride.
2: Country mouse, city mouse. I was in a play. I showed my kids the stage where I, where I performed this uh, last, we, we had a recent family vacation back to my hometown. And, and it's that idea of that city elitist versus country. Both of the point of that is I remember it. And I was pretty young. Uh, both are arrogant, right? In their own ideas. And the reality is that, no, let's look at what's, you know, what's and in that case, you know, that's a whole nother story. But let's look at what's accurate, not just what I assume about you or you assume about me, but let's look to what the word says together. Yep. And that, I think, is going to solve that problem on either end. It's going to solve the elitism. It's going to solve the, the, uh, the whatever the other side would be called, right, the, the lack of, of theology side. You, you're going to find in the middle that God's word is, you know, it's, it's almost like it's words that come together to form sentences, that come together yeah. to form paragraphs, yeah. that come together to form books and letters and all these different things so that we can know who God is. Yeah, that communicate timeless truths. <laughs> it's, it's almost like they want to say something to us. Yeah,
1: yeah. Amen. Well, well, hopefully, listener, you've, you've heard this good theology through this podcast uh, and what we're doing here as well. So thanks for listening, and we'll catch you
0: next time. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Do you know a student that would benefit from training at the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary? Encourage them to apply at flbc.edu. Applications are being accepted for both fall of 2023 and fall of 2024. Start here, go anywhere grounded in God's Word.